This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's go back in time to 1932 as Converse brings you historic footage of the legendary original Celtics with whom all great professional teams are compared. We have now taken over your radio. Richie Guerin is about to show you the most important step in getting past a man. It's the first one. An Oscar will inbound it. The men in green, the Milwaukee Bucks, that's Al Cinder against Bellamy. It has Jordan. Allen shakes Gray gets two! Gilmore on to go in the first quarter for the Cow Palace. Here's Barry. Jordan. Open. Chicago with the lead. Hello and welcome back to the Over and Back Classic NBA podcast. I am Jason Mann. With me as always is Rich Trach. And we are here with a first-time guest. It is uh, Chris Fenrick of uh, DancingWithNoah.com. Chris, welcome back to well, welcome. Excuse me for the first time to the show. <laughs> yeah, it's good to be here, guys. And if you hear any weird dog barking in the background, I apologize for that. Oh, that's that's a staple of our podcast. Okay. Or, it's okay. a staple yeah. of many podcasts, but yeah, yeah, mine are all yeah. They've been running around all day and being nuts. This they're actually just now sleeping, but otherwise, yeah, no, that, do not ever apologize. Okay, for dog I didn't noise. I didn't want to wear out my welcome that fast. So. Oh no no no, that's it's actually preferred that the dog is either barking or, or being obnoxious in the background. Well, I'm not so sure. I'm not. You've sure. already endeared yourself. Yeah. I'm not sure preferred. <laughs> I would. Oh no, yeah, no. We're, we're not blaming you for it. So. Um, we are here to talk about the, uh, top 50 case of Dominique Wilkins. Uh, he is looking to score sort of over the overall numbers. He is 47th all time in wind chairs, 102nd in wind chairs per 48, 96th in box score plus minus and 48th in value over a placement player. He was a second in MVP voting in 1986. He was once on the All-NBA first team, four times on the second team, twice in the third team. He had two seasons where he was in the top 10 in win shares for 48, two in, in value over placement player. He is 14th all-time in points per game. In some of the other rankings, uh, Bill Simmons has him 55th in um, – his uh, book of basketball pyramid slam has him as 43rd in their um, top 500 of all time. And, um, you know, he was uh, an incredible scorer and uh, one of maybe the a couple of players who had uh, the best case for being upset about not being on the original greatest 50 of all time. So, Chris, you know, what do you think overall about uh, Dominique's top 50 legacy? Uh, you know, I think it's, it's weird because I think his, his legacy stems from being possibly the biggest snub on the list. Um, 
he was, I mean, so I'm 34 years old. I grew up watching Michael Jordan and Dominique was always the Dominique was always kind of that other guy that I was worried was going to beat Michael Jordan out for the scoring title, you know? And I think Wilkins, when you look back at his career, the stats are ridiculous, but he always fell a little bit short. Um, and I think that's probably what held him back, which to me at least is probably unfair. I don't, I I know with the NBA and we see this a lot with MVP voting and a lot of the awards, there's such a huge emphasis placed on winning that for guys who either play on teams that run into buzzsaws like Dominique going against birds Celtics, or, um, you know, eventually they went against the Pistons, even though I'm not sure they played them in the Pistons, but there were always a few, there were always a few teams that were a little bit better than his Hawks team. And I feel like that really contributed to him not getting the top 50 nod. If you look at just from a purely statistical point of view, like the stats are gaudy. I mean, there was like a seven year stretch where he was easily the top scorer in the league from like the mid eighties into the early nineties. Um, just a ridiculous score, ridiculous athlete. I know some of the, the knocks on him or that he wasn't a great passer or he wasn't a great defender. But I do think there's certain elements of the game where you can be so dominant at something that it just overwhelms a lot of the other arguments and a lot of the other, a lot of the other drawbacks to a player. Um, for the longest time, I thought it was fine that he wasn't in the top 50. And as I've, as I've gotten older and just kind of contextualized his career, the more I feel like he absolutely should be in the top 50. I don't know where, but it, it seems a little odd that he wasn't part of that top 50, just given um, how big of an icon he was, again, both statistically and stylistically, which obviously, I mean, you don't get a nickname like the human highlight film for just being kind of a, a vanilla boring player by any means. And he certainly wasn't that, but all of the in-game dunking, all of the dunk contests, like the dunk contests against Jordan, um, layer that on top of his stats, layer that on top of the head-to-head battles with Larry Bird. And to me, the whole body of work is like, it, it screams top 50 player. I, I think that's the biggest thing with Dominique for me is that, you know, you look at his stats and, and they're very good, but they're not like immediately you jump off the board. Okay, he has to be in because of stats. And we've, you know, for, through a lot of this process of going through players, we've been looking at, at the stats a lot. And that's been one of our main focuses for a lot of the guys. With Dominique, though, I think you do have to really give him a lot of credit for, for just influence and, and stylist, uh, you know, stylistically, you know, what he meant for the game, what he means to players, what he meant to, to like fans. There's a lot there for, for Dominique. I mean, he's a guy, like you mentioned, we don't, we're not going to count, you know, the dunk contests or how many championships you win in the dunk contest, but he's synonymous with that contest. He's synonymous with a lot of in-game dunking. He's synonymous with, you know, being the, the guy that Jordan was facing in a lot of those dunk contests that made Jordan, you know, the next level superstar or whatever. And there's, there's a lot of stuff there that you really unpack with Dominique. And the more you think about it from a purely, you know, you know, we're maybe a little guilty, you know, on the show alone of, of looking at the stats and looking, okay, you know, where does he rank in this and sort of talking that, that, whereas you look at this thing and you look at the NBA's 50 greatest in a lot of ways, we have said one of our criteria is you know how important you are to the game's history in a lot of ways and 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 dominique's a guy who you know increasingly he hasn't really gone away i mean he's a guy who you know we've we've seen guys like vince carter have spectacular dunk contests and guys you you know throughout the years have great yet still everybody always says well dominique you know (laughs) they bring up they still bring up dominique like like the stuff he did in you know the 80s and late 80s or whatever hasn't been like completely replaced and like oh my god it looks so out of date nowadays i mean it's it's still it holds up and it stands up and he's still just a guy who 
you know, the stats are, are, are great. They're very good. But I think if you're going to make a top 50 case for him, you have to couple his influence and what he sort of meant to the game and his, his fame as well, if you're going to make that case for him in the top 50. No, yeah. I, it, it, I, I agree with that. And I think, you know, like, I think if you look at like his body of stats, like the advanced stats, the rebounding numbers aren't great. The scoring numbers are, the scoring numbers are fat. Like they are oh, yeah. big, huge scoring numbers. And another one of the things that I think about with him is like, the way he dunked was just like it was violent. It was such like a like an explosive movement with like the two hands and like pumping his legs and like it wasn't violent the way that Russell Westbrook plays angry basketball, but like it was like get the hell out of the way. Like I'm going to dunk on you. And it's something that to your point, like here we are, what, you know, thirty years past Dominique Wilkins' prime and like you said, his stuff still stands out. It still looks amazing no matter when you Sounds watch it. Sounds amazing. That's that's the my favorite thing watching Dominique's dunks, like the sound. It was like a freaking rocket went off in that yeah. arena every time he dunks. It's crazy. No, I and I, I think that's where like the impact plus the, like the just ridiculous scoring and it's it's unfortunate, but it seemed like he always had to play the foil to either Bird or MJ, but I mean, that, those are two pretty good guys to come in second to, you know? Yeah. And, um, I mean, I, I, I'm an Atlanta Hawks fan, so I'm certainly biased, but I think he was probably the best in-game dunker ever. And, but was far more than that in terms of, you know, I mean, obviously he scored, you know, he, he, he crossed 30 points, um, a game for a couple of seasons. So obviously he was a great scorer in many different ways. I mean, just, you know, had a great jumper, was able to, um, just able to score all over the floor was just very smooth. Um, but com, but combine that smoothness with the ferocity that you guys were talking about. And, you know, talking about his influence, um, I mean, he is by far the most important Atlanta Hawk in team history. Um, he's by far the most famous, he cast a shadow over that team still when he was trade in 94, it was a defensible trade in terms of basketball, but it absolutely like the team's relationship with the city has not been the same, you know, in the 20 plus years since that trade happened. And, um, he cast such a shadow over the team and really was able to, you know, um, make a team that, you know, was a good team for a number of years in the eighties and even a little bit in the early nineties, but was able to kind of elevate them in the overall consciousness because, you know, even as a kid, I wasn't a Hawks fan as, as a kid, I was a Lakers fan, um, you know, in the late eighties. And, um, but, and the teams that I knew were basically the teams that made the finals or, um, or that, you know, were went deep in the playoffs, but the, I knew about the Hawks because of Dominique. I mean, he was able to kind of carry, that franchise and make that franchise far more relevant than it's really ever been um, since. And I do think that is, I, I, I think there's, there's, there's something there. Um, and I just, you know, I think the way that he played um, was inspiring and yeah, you know, he was a little bit of ball hog sometimes and maybe it wasn't like the beautiful, like, you know, team basketball that we've, you know, that, that we all love to watch too. But, you know, in its own way, it was incredibly beautiful, glorious basketball. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think one of the things for me, and this goes back to like the comment on winning being something that kind of, I think, probably factored into him not making that top 50 list is, yeah, he probably was a ball hog at times. And I think within a, a league that has anywhere from 24 to 30 teams, like 
for some teams to be at a level where they require a a guy to just take over and dominate. I think there's enough variety to go around where, while it might not be the most aesthetically pleasing thing, I think one of the things that it, that it opens up the opportunity for is for individuals to show just how far they can go or just how far they can carry a team. You look at like what LeBron was able to do in the finals this year. And it was, no, it wasn't the prettiest thing, but it was pretty amazing to watch a single guy put a team on his back and try to carry them, even if he did come up short. And I think there were times where Dominique had to do that with that Atlanta Hawks team, which again, it's not to say they were a bad team. They had some good players over the years with, you know, Doc Rivers and Kevin Willis and, Cliff Levingston and whoever else that they had on that squad, they had some decent teams, but there were a lot of times where when you're playing the Celtics that have like an all time front line where he's just got to get after it and he's got to put the team on his back. And I think that's those scenarios where they were definitely outmatched by the Celtics. That's what led to Dominique being able to go for like 40, whatever, and have one of the greatest head to head matchups against Larry Bird in playoff history, you know, like if that's a great balanced team, maybe we don't get that kind of thing. And I think sometimes it creates, it gives us opportunities to see these players really take control and just try to do as much as they possibly can. Absolutely. Uh, real quickly, uh, looking at his advanced stats, we mentioned a little bit, and we like to do this with every podcast, look at, you know, his error in position and where he ranks all time in his position. Uh, error position stands out, of course, uh, points per 36. He's fourth all time points per 36, 20th in win shares per 48, third in win shares and sixth in value over replacement players. So that's forwards in his uh, era. And then you look at forwards, you know, all time stays right there. I mean, he's third in points per 36, uh, 65th in win shares per 48. So falls a little bit there, but otherwise 19th in total win shares and 22nd in value over replacement players. So he holds up pretty much of the advanced ads focusing on the points is the big thing that keeps him. But the advanced ads, like a lot of the other stuff he did as well. So he's not just, you know, we like to, you know, say he, he was just that, but they show that there's a little bit more to his game than just that. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. And I, I think you can make the case that he probably could have squeezed a little bit more out if you want to nitpick, but I think, I think statistically, stylistically, if you watch the video, he definitely holds up. Yeah, I, I absolutely, and he's it's such a such a beautiful player to watch. I I, I can't just get over um, that, and um, you know, it's. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think he is. I mean, it, it's nice because he's still remembered because of the dunks and because you know he was such a memorable player. It's it's nice that even though you know he didn't make the top fifty, um, he still is. Um, you know, he fortunate to play kind of when he played in the situation that he played, and even though he obviously wasn't able to win a championship or even make a finals. Um, you know, for me, I, I definitely think he should have been in the original top fifty. I'm not quite sure that his case is quite strong enough to make um this top 50 i mean you got a lot of for, you know great forwards who are gonna yeah. you know, are, are kind of ahead of him um now you know who in the last 20 years who are going to be taking up slots um you know that and i it is just kind of hard to see him in there i'm not, I'm not ruling it out but i do think that there is some i agree it, yeah it, it's gonna be I, I'm, on board, I'm on board with you guys and i i think you look at it over time and i think it's like he's one of those guys in 10 years like he's to me at least he's probably not going to be an option for the top 50 i think one of the fascinating things about him is that you look at him and you look at it across like the history of the league and he 
he whether he is today or within five or ten years he won't be a top 50 player but he'll still be he'll still be an iconic player which is just i think it's fascinating in and of itself that he he was such a unique player and such like just an electric player that even though there are other guys who won more and who are probably better all-around players like he still comes to memory and he still comes to mind when you think about the great players yeah, for sure, definitely. Um, uh, anything else? Uh, no, you know, I just I've had a long, complicated history with Dominique Wilkins. I <laughs> I feared him when I was a kid because I was such a Jordan fan, and then several years ago, I got into a huge argument with somebody about like who was better between Pippen and Dominique Wilkins, and I just like I feel like over time, I've really had this full circle relationship with Dominique where. Now I'm older and more secure in myself and I can really appreciate what Dominique <laughs> brought to the game. Whereas when I was when I was younger, I was threatened by Dominique and couldn't appreciate it the same way I can now. So I that that was why I signed up to talk about Dominique Wilkins. I wanted to bury the hatchet and I appreciate the <laughs> We'll let him know yeah. the yeah. opportunity. He will no doubt be listening to this. I hope so. That's... I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. But no, I I, I'm a Dominique Wilkins fan. I think if he played in the game today, I think he would be, um, you know, YouTube, GIF, um, Vine sensation, just like everything. He would be – people would go batshit for him. So, Yeah, for sure. So uh, anything else, Rich? Uh, that's it for me. All right. Well, um, Chris, thank you uh, for joining us. Really appreciate it. And uh, – Everyone uh, can find us at uh, hardwoodparoxysm.com. Both the HP network and podcasts, all, all the podcasts that are part of the network, and our uh, over and back has a feed on iTunes, which we would definitely appreciate if you'd uh, leave a, a rating and a review. And um, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at over and back NBA. And we have a forum where you can chat about uh, all these players and a whole bunch of topics about uh, about uh, basketball history at over and back So thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll uh, see you again soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.